Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dennis Podman. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Kevin Farrigan, and uh, joining me today, as usual, is Brian Schroeder. Hey, Brian. Hello. Um, so the last time that um, Brian and I talked, uh, we ranted about the Bulls for a while. Um, the last episode was about the Sky, who are better than the Bulls, even though they got eliminated from the playoffs in very frustrating fashion. Um, but... Today we're not going to be talking about the Bulls. Still, <laughs> um, well, we there's some. I mean, if if they end up being legitimate, let's say if uh, Demar gets hurt mm-hmm. and they they end this up finishing, re- this might be relevant. <laughs> the most the most annoying possible outcome is Demar getting hurt and them getting like the sixth pick. I'd yeah. be so mad. Yeah, yeah. If but yeah, I'm they- so just to say, I don't like. There's they're, they're going to be fine. They're still going to be like a f- mid forties team. Like they're going to be okay. Uh, I hope so. Especially, I mean, especially if Vooch looks more engaged like he has. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, they. so I guess we'll talk a little bit about the Bulls. Yeah, we can, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do that uh, first. Um, so they had their first preseason game. Um, Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond were just as bad as uh, Brian and I predicted. Um, I think Dragic might have actually been worse somehow. Drummond will play. Like, he should play. Like, He's just the most 10, infuriating player to watch. Again. He's just yeah. the most infuriating player to watch play, try to be a big man, except for he wants to be a guard and tries to be one and is not good at it and just makes you like want to uh, grab him. He was honestly he was honestly hurt by that early 2010s thing of everyone being like, these guys are like big guards because like he he's not like a he is not like a for a huge guy. He's not a terrible dribbler like he can handle a little bit. It's just not something he should. You know, you know who doesn't like every few months we get video of like Rudy Gobert shooting a three in practice. And it's like, yeah, he can shoot it in practice. He doesn't do them in the game because he knows it doesn't. He shouldn't. Yeah, well, it's just like, and even then, even then, I think Gobert should take like he could take a couple a game. Yeah, like well, wide open. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, he could be threes thinking, or something. Um, at the very least, he could like you know take fifteen footers or something. Yeah, yeah, some kind can, of sh- he can shoot free throws, and so like yeah, he should. If teams are giving him that fifteen footer, I think he shoots it probably well enough that he that he could try to keep them honest a little bit. But um, but yeah, no, Drummond does things that he absolutely should not do, and I no. have no faith that he will be able to be reined in because if he could have been reined in, he would have already. He gave up being yeah. a max contract player in the league basically because he couldn't stop doing dumb shit, <laughs> which is, you know, not... This uh, is the classic J.R. Smith thing. of like, uh, it'll work for us. We'll, we'll, if only he could... It's like 33-year-old J.R. Smith, and people were like, if only he could... If he could really rein in his tendencies, he'd be great. It's like, well, I've yeah. got bad news. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like a lesser version of the the Russ uh, Westbrook thing. If he just, you know, set screens and rolled downhill and shot corner threes and played defense, okay, well, so if he was a completely different player then? Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like, these are people, and they have tendencies, and they... Uh, you can't just, like, uh, wish cast at them that they're going to magically become... Uh, the idealized version of themselves that you hope that they could be based on their skill set. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, Drummond is is skilled and does uh, provide offensive rebounding juice that the Bulls did need um, off the bench. I just he's going to drive everybody that watches this team crazy uh, yeah. because he's so annoying to watch and does so much dumb stuff. Um, and Dragic just looks completely cooked, which is what I said about him before the before they. Yeah, started. I mean the thing with Dragic is, I guess like you hope that he doesn't he isn't the kind of guy, and he's not been honestly like he like he's not really like crazy. He's not somebody who demands playing time. 
If he just like sucks, they just won't play him, and that's fine. Yeah. Well, I hope that they don't play him because and um, they didn't they didn't put any money into him really. So yeah, I yeah. I mean, if if he really sucks and he's like pouting about not getting to play because he sucks, then uh, they can send him home because there's not really a lot of yeah commitment there. Um, but I hope they don't play him because uh, they should play Dale, Dale and Terry instead. <laughs> he's he's good. I, I I'm putting my my uh, my chip down on on that uh, very early. Dale and Terry is good. Good at basketball. Uh, good instincts. Um, you know, also is pretty good. Who's that? I was pretty good. Yeah, he's oh. good. His jumper looks cleaner. He yeah. his his footwork his everything about his mechanics looked a little smoother. Um, he got into it with, with more, uh, movement efficiency, however you want to say that. Um, yeah. I, I thought he looked, uh, he looked pretty strong. Um, Kobe getting hurt was a bummer. Cause you know, I obviously want to see Kobe. He um, should be okay, but yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he'll probably just be Kobe and you know, with all the pluses and minuses that come with that, but they, yeah, they do need I'm, a shooting. I'm, I'm making, I'm, I'm forcing myself to not get mad at him anymore. I'm, he's just like Lowry was to me where it's like, sometimes he shoots and sometimes he doesn't, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, I've, I, unfortunately the thing with Kobe is like kind of where I'm at with the bulls overall is like my expectations mm. have just come down and I kind of like think they are what they are. Uh, I think the bulls are somewhere between a 500 and like 45 win team. Uh, probably unless, um, you know, they get super synergy uh, that from keeping this group together, um, which I don't know. I mean, without Lonzo, I I just don't see that high ceiling upside, but that's fine. Um, You know, uh, but I think uh, I do want to see Dalen Terry get uh, minutes because I think he's good um, and he's fun more importantly Mm -hmm. um, for a team that, doesn't have any championship equity. Uh, and play, play I think the fun importantly, players. I think importantly, he's big enough to at least he's the the only thing close to Alonzo replacement. Like he can do the hit ahead stuff and is like a rotating defender type. Yeah. So I, I said it if Alonzo's able to play this year, that'd be nice. But if not, I think he probably will play this year. I just not. It's not. It's going to be a couple months. Yeah, I mean, I said it on on Twitter that he reminds me kind of of rookie year Lonzo before he fixed it, before Fred Vincent mm-hmm. and, and Lonzo fixed his jump shot. Where like, yeah, Dalen um, doesn't really shoot it, uh, and his jumper, I mean, uh, his his handle is a little shaky. Um, I think his handle is probably better than Lonzo's was at the same you know period of their careers, but uh, it's still not like you don't want him dribbling against a set defense all that much, but he does do the hit ahead stuff. Like you said, uh, he's, um, a real good athlete, super long. And I think he's, I think he's going to be like, not just a good on ball defender. Um, but he seems to like kind of know, um, I mean, obviously this is based off of like one preseason game, but like he seems to know what to do rotationally, uh, for the most part which is pretty rare for rookies. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, it's an incredibly small sample size. He played 20 minutes in a preseason game, so I could be wrong about that, or he could have just had a good game. Um, but uh, I, I feel good about where he's at. Um, who I don't feel good about is Patrick Williams. <laughs> he, he didn't, again, didn't, they just, he just, they had him just standing there. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, uh, I feel like I love I like I love the guy I love the frame. If they don't trade him this year, I don't know what value he's going to have. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like they just they don't have a good development plan for him. Like at this no. point, I'm like done blaming Pat for the the mindset stuff because like I I mean it, certainly that's part of it, but um, I think the bigger thing is like 
he's not being set up to succeed. Like a guy like Pat needs a spread floor and to get the ball and uh, be able to, to make, make reads and having a spread floor would make those reads easier for him because he's not like, um, you know, he's not like a Cade Cunningham or something like that, where he's making like super high level reads. But like, if he has, um, you know, if he can create an advantage with his size and his strength, he can make, uh, plays out of that but the team has no spacing uh and he doesn't get the ball to to do those sorts of things they're they're basically playing him like uh mikhail bridges um but with even less on ball opportunities than mikhail gets yeah man i watched some of that Suns game they were letting mikhail shoot yeah well i I guess i should say like they should uh they're they're having him play like mikhail like a couple they're having him play like jay crowder yeah yeah, like, and if that's what you're gonna do with him, like, trade him for trade him for Jay Crowder, then. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Like, it just because uh, he's not he's not getting his chance to develop. Um, no. And uh, I think that's unfair to him. Um, and I, it's you know just frustrating to watch him kind of have the same problems over and over again, and clearly not be comfortable uh, on the court. And um, you know. Everything that I, you know, read about him this offseason is that he's putting in the work. So it's just like, uh, why are the results not there? And to me, it's got to be that his context uh, stinks for his skill set. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't want to trade him because I like I hate Pat or I don't want him on the team. I just I think it's this context for him sucks. I think that it, he's not maximized here. And I think that uh, it's not maximizing you know, his value to the Bulls to have him and have him in that role. Like, I, again, yeah, because I, I love the guy. If you could get Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, I'd probably do it. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, I, okay, with the caveat that <laughs> if Lonzo was healthy and they really had, they were really trying to win a title, then I would do that. Yeah, I mean, they're not trying to win a title, though. They're just trying to make the playoffs and uh, and stay out of the luxury tax like we've established. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're profit maximizing, not championship maximizing, which is just something that if you're going to be a Bulls fan, I think as long as the Reinsdorf owns the team, uh, we were very mad about that the last time we, uh, we chatted. Um, but, you know, I think... Uh, you know, it's just something that I've kind of accepted at this point. Uh, acceptance is the wrong word. I, I just, I know that it's not going to change. So what am I going to do? Continue to be furious about it? Well, mm. yes, I will be furious about it. Like probably at least uh, a half dozen times in, over the course of the year. But, um, you know, in, in the in the long term, uh, I can't do that because I'll give myself a coronary. <laughs> so. but I'm, I am at the point where I also just, um, I don't mind if they're, if they're just, like respectable for a couple of years. Like it's been such a rough, like really since 2000, there's been like how many over the 500 seasons, have, how many seasons have they had uh, over 500 in a row? Oh, in a row? Uh, three? I don't know. I, can't, I don't know off the top of my head. I'll have to look it, that it, up. It, it's been, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since they've had multiple good seasons. Like the, I think the end of the Jimmy era, they, they had a couple of, it was probably the last Noah, um, Joachim Noah yeah. was the, like when he, uh, destroyed himself to beat the Brooklyn Nets in the playoffs. <laughs> um, uh, 
Okay, so they were over 500 in 0405, then 500 the next year. 49 and 33 in 07, then under 500. 500, 500. Two, three, four, five. The Tibbs years are over 500. Technically six in a row, but I don't. The 2016 team, I don't count. They were 42 <laughs> and 40. They were not good. Yeah, and they were also like clearly just horribly run by that point because yeah. they were like, we're going to get younger and more athletic. And then they signed Rajon Rondo and uh, and washed up Dwayne Wade to go around a Jimmy Butler who like had demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt at that point that if you put him with shooters that it was like gangbusters uh and so they had yeah they had the 62 win team they had the 50 win team that in the lockout year those were both good teams 2012 2013 was a shit show i know they were they were eight games over 500 they weren't very good yeah well they just grabbed they just you know did the tips thing of like grinding out yeah yeah 2013 14 they were 48 and 34. That was a decent. That was a pretty good team. Like I wasn't yeah, embarrassed that was by that team. team. 15 and 32 they, they and 2014 were, uh, 15. That was the last like They were one. respectable. That I mean I would and take then, that since season then, it was just back years, to being honestly. 25 like, yeah, 20 25 team. wins a year pretty much. Um, when, so, you know, yeah, if they can get well like over, three uh, straight years of 42 to 48 wins, like that's okay. Yes. Um and so I mean the Bulls That's have better. Goals. That's better than than three straight years of 35 wins. Yeah, it's funny how much that the, those ten wins make a difference, you know. Uh, but it it does um, because just, you can still be you could still hover around respectability, so you could still be buyers and and uh, capitalize on an Aiton trade or like a I, I don't know, uh, yeah. the, a Tyrese Maxey trade that could happen in a couple of years <laughs> if, if, that, if that team doesn't that might happen like that that guy looks great. Yeah, I was. He, he does look great, but don't talk about uh, trading for him because Phil- all of Philadelphia Sixers Twitter will come for you. <laughs> they yeah. love that dude, <laughs> rightfully so. He's yeah. great. But just thinking of like, like just guy, like you could still be a buyer on those kind of teams. Yeah, on those kind of players. When you're forty-four wins, you could you could trick yourself into being like, you We're know, we just need one piece. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not I, I'm not I'm not like I think people are being a little too doom and gloom. Like that's a significantly better place to be in than the drafting seventh every year and fucking it up over and over. Well, the position. thing with the thing with the Bulls is like they are. There's a couple of things. Like if they stay respectable, uh, they are one star deciding that he wants to live in Chicago. Uh, yeah. From uh, from. Being going from forty four wins to you know fifty something. Uh, as long as then, that star is not uh, Bradley Beal, they'll be fine. <laughs> I said star. I didn't say fake star. Yeah. <laughs> Got biggest fraud in basketball. That's yeah, that that's a guy who that's a classic. That's a that's a team that's not a great situation to be. In. No, because they they're not actually respectable, but they refuse to bottom out. So they yeah. Just, they continue. They're they're basically where the Bulls were for the four years before Karnaschovas was hired. Now the problem, the, I, I will say, the one real problem with uh, with this is we might be if the Bulls do that. Let's say they get Aiton and they mm-hmm. kind of reset and they have those three guys and Lonzo comes back and they're like a, even just plays a little bit. Caruso stays. Let's say I mean they probably trade Patrick and and Vooch for for Aiton. That's probably what the trade would be. Or yeah, like Javante is like a sweetener. Uh, yeah, and probably the Portland pick. I would guess. Uh, I don't care about that pick. <laughs> well, neither do I. But I'm saying that the the Suns probably would want it if they're yeah, giving yeah. up Aiton. I mean, I would think that they could probably do better than that in a trade. But uh, you know, I don't know how they value Pat to be honest. 
Yeah, I, I think that's decent though. That's like that's that's not a, an unrealistic trade. But let's say they do that and they become a fifty three win team. Problem is that this division is going to be really fucking good in a couple of years. Yeah, well, I mean, I said that when when <laughs> when uh, the when the lottery odds hit um, in uh, the the Cade Mobley draft and they. Uh, Detroit won yeah. the lottery and the Cavs got third. I was like, shit, <laughs> our division yeah. is going to be really hard. Well, and then the Pacers then, are going to be right up. They're going to be at the, near the bottom this year, but yeah, they're, they're also, gonna get, they're going to get scoot or, or Wemby probably. And that's, that, well, that's I, I don't, they don't even have to do that. If they get like, amen, amen Thompson, like they're, they're just going to be in a good situation because they are tanking. They're tanking in a way that's very enjoyable to me where they're just resetting around an interesting guy and letting him do shit. Yeah. Like, well, what could thing. Tyrese Halliburton be? Let's see. Let's figure that out this year. Well, that's the he... thing with the, with the, the, with the Bulls tank was like, they, I think they tried to do that with Zach. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Zach, unfortunately was a little too good <laughs> and a little bit too far along in, uh, yeah. in his age curve. Like uh, Halliburton's young, you know, like, uh, and Zach had already like spent a lot of years being young and on a yeah. terrible team. Yeah. Um, and so well, the other problem was the other problem. I think they didn't plan to do that. Their plan was to make Zach and Chris Dunn one of the best backcourts in the league. But Chris <laughs> Dunn sucks. That was their problem. Like yeah. that was that that was what they didn't work. Yeah. And then Larry they, they, was fine. Yeah, they really valued uh, Chris Dunn a lot. Yeah, which is like the. Um, oh, they loved him. They were going to take. They wanted him the year before that. Yeah, not valuing Jimmy Butler enough and uh, overvaluing Chris Dunn was like the the sort of downfall of the uh, Foreman Paxson era, basically. Like, like they could have taken Bam in that draft, and where would they be now? Who knows? Yeah. Oh, there's so many guys. I've 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 done that exercise a bunch of times. And yeah. Like, looked at like who they could have gotten um, if they had one retained their own pick because it was ridiculous that they only got a swap. Justin Patton. Fuck you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um. But yeah. they could have drafted a couple of guys after Justin Patton and kept gotten the OG Ananobi. Wolves. Yeah, like if they had gotten, um, if they had gotten OG and uh, like Bam with those picks, like okay, then you're talking about something. Uh, yeah. You know, like that. That's a, a real core to, to kind of build around. Uh, but uh, Gar Foreman doesn't know how to evaluate talent, so here we are. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's the problem. And like the Pistons, as I've been talking about all summer, got their harmonic three. And I think they are in a great chance to get, because as always with a great draft, which we can segue into here. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're here to talk about today is the, the draft for, for next year. We, we, but um, <laughs> this is going to be a great draft to be like the sixth team, get like the sixth pick. If you have, if you're like the Kings or, I don't know, like Charlotte, and you just need like another star. Yeah, you're fucked. But if you if you're the if you're the Pistons, and you've got like your four or five main guys right now. Yeah, like they just need like a three, really. Yeah, and there's those guys are going to be available. It seems like in that in that spot, if they, I mean, as long as they don't like you know way overachieve this year, which is possible. Um... Well, the, the the good news for them is they have Dwayne Casey. <laughs> He's not a particularly good coach. I like I like Dwayne Casey a lot. I'm glad he's still able to coach, but he's very he's just a slow. Um, a, that was the big thing difference between him and Nick Nurse. He just doesn't adjust. It takes him a long time to adjust. Yeah, he's uh he he does not update his priors very quickly, <laughs> uh, if at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're here to talk about the draft. Um, the Bulls. 
uh, probably won't have their pick, but maybe they'll have the Portland pick that uh, Brian doesn't care about. But Brian is, as everyone that listens to this podcast knows, uh, a well-known draft sicko. So uh, we're here to talk about the draft. I know very little about this draft. So this is going to be mostly me asking Brian questions uh, and letting him uh, cook because I don't know shit about shit when it comes to this draft. Uh, So where do you want to start, Brian? I mean, I don't really know what there's to say about the, the top of it. Like, I yeah, feel Scoot and like Wemby just played their two games. Uh, well, they played the, one of them played two games, and one of them played one point one games. <laughs> yeah, Scoot uh, bang knees with Wemby. Uh, uh, very. I said, they, said it, they said it was a, a normal bone bruise. He's fine. Yeah, no, they're just abundance of caution stuff, which makes sense. I mean, he's yeah uh, stands to uh, lose a lot of money if he gets actually hurt. Yeah, um, so he. He's all right. He, I mean, he didn't even fall. He didn't even hit the ground. He just, it's classic. I think everyone, I think almost everyone, even people who don't play basketball, I think everyone has done that where you like bang your knee on a hard surface and you're just like, ah. Yep. I do it on my, I do it against my, I do it against my desk probably once a week because I am, uh, have bad depth perception, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And then it just like hurts, like the side of your knee hurts for a couple days. So they'll just, they'll just, they don't even play another game until November, so. Yeah, these were the exhibitions just because uh, they could, ESPN could make a lot of money on them, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the NBA uh, ecosystem wanted to see those guys. Um, but yeah, Scoot and Wemby were incredibly impressive. Um, I, I think our, our guy Ricky um, uh, O'Donnell from SB Nation and Cash Considerations, he. Um, he made the comp that uh, that I think felt the most accurate to me was that like Scoot looks and plays a lot like Derrick Rose. Um, now he doesn't look like him like physically, but just like how he moves. Uh, I think he's got a better jumper. Uh, I pretty, think he plays like clearly. A, the Derrick Rose comp is good. I think he plays like Baron Davis. Oh, that's a good one too. Well, I mean, Baron Davis was a guy that I thought Rose played like when yeah. <laughs> when Rose came out. So it's like it's like a lineage of like uber explosive. Well, I, I just don't. I don't think that the explosive. He doesn't have like the crazy like ankle stuff that real like the weird angles. Like the the Scoot is very like um very balanced. He doesn't like have mm-hmm. these crazy one foot leaps that Rose does. Like Donovan Mitchell is more like that, or like like the cuts. Scoot doesn't yeah. do those. Scoot is very deliberate powerful cutter and is like just a um, quick fire, quick, quick rise guy. The shooting with, so we can talk about Scoot, I guess the thing about him that is the most impressive. I mean, he's got, he's more, more or less just like an ideal guard prospect for me. Cause he's huge. I sat next to, I was near him at summer league 2021. He is a big dude. Like he is about my height. He's a, he's a look, he was definitely a little taller than me and is, I mean, I'm like two fifteen, two twenty. He was probably like two ten. Like he was big, like just yeah. jacked. He's got a six nine wingspan. He the thing with him is the big criticism, and he wasn't a very good shooter in college. He was okay shooter. He wasn't an off ball shooter. He had the Killian Hayes you, problem. You, you mean high school, right? Like he yeah, high school. I said college. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, in high he's, school, he's eighteen years old. How did he go yeah. to college? In EYBL and all that, like he was fine. Uh-huh. It was a classic like guard who doesn't need to shoot, so he didn't. Yeah, yeah, he seems um, to have refined his mechanics a lot. But 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 the thing with him last year, it's brought up a lot because he was like a twenty-two percent three-point shooter. A, that was in like fifteen games. But B, 
as, as people brought up, he shot 48.9% on all pull-up jumpers from all ranges, which yeah. is like Chris Paul level. Like that's yeah. like, no, he could shoot. He will be, he will shoot fine. Yeah. I mean, if he was shooting that poorly from three and he still his all, all pull-up jumper was 48%, then that means that he was like shooting an absurd percentage <laughs> inside yeah. the arc. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just like, it's not something we see as much anymore because the gap from high school to NBA three is still like four feet. Yeah. It's not as far as it used to be with college. So that has not been as big an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, he was very impressive to me. I mean, I think like, I don't know. Uh, I might be misremembering Rose, uh, but I think it, it felt like to me, just like from the clips that I saw and like the way people were talking, it sounds like his feel for the game might be even a little bit higher than Rose. Yeah. yeah. Composure. Um, the reason they won that game, that first game, when when Wemby was bombing threes and looking like Reggie Miller, was shooting like Joe Harris style pull up threes in transition, looking fucking insane, was that Scoot would just bring that right back down, run, just run offense and just make just. He wasn't even trying to go shot for shot. He was just like, okay, well, I'm gonna just draw this guy here, kick left. That guy's gonna be open. He's gonna kick over here. Like he just very very composed, wasn't afraid, was not nervous about anything that was going on and just got them good shots for the last like six minutes of the game. And they held off, they held them off. So that, that sort of like um, composure and just like continuing to just keep coming and, you know, navigate in the pick and roll. That's mm. kind of sounds like young Chris Paul to me, especially with mm. like the explosiveness, like that Paul used to have uh, before he uh, got super old and had to rely completely on craft and was still a great player because he's a genius. Mm. Um, does that, is that sound yeah. right to you? Or is I mean, the, like- the, I made that, I brought up his percentages. Scoot is the best guard prospect of this last decade. I feel like maybe since John wall, I think John wall is like the, the closest guy to him of like, cause prospect John wall was a, was a, ter- was a terror. And unfortunately, he didn't develop into like the uber superstar, but he was still very good for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think John Wall probably between the injuries and like just you know the skills not quite developing uh, as much as you would like. Yeah, probably was on the below below like what your your average expectation for if you simulated his career right like a you know uh, ten thousand times or something right. like he's probably on the lower end of his potential outcomes. Um, but uh, yeah, he was a freak show prospect. I rem- I do remember that about Wall. Yeah. Like he was yeah. just uh, an incredible athlete and he was, he was a very good NBA player. I mean, he was what probably like the, you know, third or fourth best point guard in the league for a few years. Yeah. He was probably a top 25 guy for a couple of years. Like yeah. probably top 20 for at least one or two. So yeah. like, yeah, that's your like, and I don't know. I, I don't want to say like, I always struggle with like, what's somebody's peak. And it's like, because you can say that, like, you could ask me, like, what's Norman Powell's peak in, like, 2014 or 15 or 16? And I would have been like, oh, like a, a Patrick Beverly type. It's like, well, <laughs> it's it's really hard to, to predict how guys are going are gonna to develop skills. Yeah. Like, like that guy became, like, a, an elite pull-up shooter. Yeah. Like, who, had that on, a, who had yeah. that on the bingo card? Yeah. As, so, uh, like, I don't know. But, honestly. like... <laughs> Yeah, like it's not it's not something that you can really predict. It's more just identifying traits that have been successful in the past. And Scoot has a lot. He yeah. has a lot of them. Uh, yeah. His defense is pretty good. Like he, he, I don't think he's going to be excellent, but I think he'll be much better than the Ja Trey Russ Lillard level. 
because like he's just big. He's just larger. Well, not bigger than Russ, but Russ is Russ. Yeah, Russ is uh, the maybe the apex point guard athlete uh, of the last like uh, two generations. Yeah. Um, and Scoot is not that level. Like Scoot, it's not that level explosive, like vertically explosive. He's not going to go down the. He's not going to just fly down the paint and dunk on. Like not even like Josh style. Yeah, he's much more a craft guy at that stage. It's just that he he's not going to have that many. He's not going to have a lot of uh, packed paint, like uh, two three guys waiting for him to jump over because he's just going to pull up and shoot a sixteen footer and hit it, or right. make the right pass. Like he's just really really good. I don't. Scoot is a pretty great, pretty high level. Like, there's nothing about his game as a guard that shouldn't, that won't work. Right. So he's he's terrific. He'd be number one last year easily. Probably mm, 2021. I would say probably. I, I'd give him 60 40 over Cade because they're good at like a lot of the same things, but he's just faster. I was going to say, he's just a much better athlete. I he think is four inches shorter, which, you know. Yeah, I mean that matters, but and Kate uh, is significantly better defense. But like, I definitely would think I think Scoot is a better bet to be like a top ten player. Yeah, I I mean that's like gets into the Cade stuff, and I know you're a big Cade guy, but uh, for me, I just don't ever see him being a top ten guy. Like, I I think he probably will be metrically like by some like ten, just because I think his defense is is so good. His defense is really yeah. exceptional. Yeah, his defense and, is very good for his age. I just, I just struggle with a guy that like he's he had such a hard time getting to the rim. Um, but no, but like, like yeah, definitely Cade is not like Cade is a tier below Zion. Yeah, as a prospect, like that Zion and Victor are like the two apex prospects since I guess Anthony Davis. If you want to go since 2010, yeah, those are I mean, the three I would, guys. Were, I think I would put Vic and and Zion probably both over AD as prospects. To be honest, I mean. Yeah, I guess that's a little bit of hindsight because college AD was the best defender in the history of college basketball that, that we can track like by a lot. It's true. I mean, I just I, I just think that the Zion kind of did everything, and I think AD as a passer was always kind of like a little yeah. He's never a ball handler, but he was also a true big, and Zion is a, is a Zion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zion is a, a juggernaut. <laughs> I think. It's... But yeah, but those are definitely the top three, whatever the tier are, and I don't think Kate's not at that level. No, 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 no. But, but, um, but, but, yeah. I think Scoot. I probably have him ahead, not over Zion. Let's see, twenty eighteen. I'd, I'd probably still say Luca because it is still more of a wing league. Yeah, Luca's the the fourth guy. I would say, and then, well, like twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tatum, I was low on Tatum because I didn't know I did I did not know what I was doing in twenty seventeen. But yeah, uh, like, I think I think most people honestly were low on Tatum, um, and I, honestly, I think that Tatum also, you know, th- some of this is just like, uh, where do you get drafted? Because I think yeah, yeah, he's had a like, great development context, and yeah, yeah, and the Celtics were like, hey, all that Carmelo Anthony shit that you did at Duke, knock it off. Like you're gonna, if you're gonna do that, do it at least behind the three point line, um, or or wait, or wait until you get all this other stuff established, and then come back to that stuff in crunch time moments and be very difficult to guard. Yeah. Um, Tatum, I think, is I mean, it's a he's in a weird spot because he's overrated and underrated. Like I think Celtics fans treat him like he's better than Durant sometimes, and like no, but he's closer to Durant than I think people would give him credit. Like he's not that far off. Yeah, I mean, metrically, he's uh, he's very good world. at defense. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's very good at defense. Yeah, I have some Celtics fans who are like a little bit I don't, I don't know 
uh, Tatum skeptical that I talked to, um, at least as regards his defense and like all the metrics all say that his defense is like you know. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess he is he is buffeted by playing with two, th- really three, now four or five excellent defenders and Jalen Brown, who's fine. J- I mean, Jalen Brown is good on ball and like yeah. uh, that. Uh, I think that one of the things, one of my like pet theories that I've uh, adopted over the last few years is just that like. Uh, being able to defend uh, isolations in the just matters more in the playoffs. Like it's sure. still bad. It's still bad to be you know uh, confused off ball like Jalen is o- often, but it just matters less in the playoffs. I think because teams just go to isolation ball because you need you need someone to put on Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, who you can be confident is not gonna is at least not going to get just you know hunted. Yeah, well, it's like I feel like Jalen. That's the other thing too. Uh, teams in the playoffs do not hunt good ISO defenders. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that teams they the the chess match of the playoffs. So many for so many teams, and like I think teams probably do this too much, frankly. But mm-hmm. like the the picking out a guy and trying to hunt him rather than just like running offense. Um, I'm not convinced that that's like the best way to do it. But you know, a lot of coaches do it in the playoffs so what do i know well, i think they know I think more than i do it's a copycat league it's a great idea to do when you have steph curry on your team because he will be, he yeah. will hit threes yeah he will be you, steph curry if you have if you have uh steph curry or lebron on your team then sure like do the the you're gonna hunt uh you know the, the weakest matchup um and get out of your offense to do it that's fine but like i think a lot of teams try to to copycat that and it's like you don't have lebron james or stephen curry like yeah, you should probably yeah. just run your offense um but anyways uh before we get too far uh <laughs> into that into just like philosophy it, well the thing with i, I do want to say the thing it's it's like it, it, we're already at the point after these two games where i feel like you can't really have there's no nuance with them. Like, there's no. Well, let's hold on a minute here. Let's discuss this with Wendy. He's just the he's the greatest prospect of our lives, and has a like. This is not even hyperbole. I think if I'd said this a week ago, you might have scoffed at me. But like, he has a chance to be the, the greatest basketball player that's ever lived. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I I think that you have to say that with somebody with his combination of uh, skills and size. Um, I mean, we're talking about what is his ceiling, what is his potential, and I think that yeah. Of course, like yeah, he's he he has an eight foot wingspan. He's seven five, and he uh, was shooting Reggie Miller like <laughs> threes from the corner today. Like I, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, and he also, was squaring up. He was getting pushed off the ball and then backpedaling, doing a, a triple cross and shooting a thirty footer and hit it. Like what yeah. are you supposed to do? Yeah, like um, you know, it's. I think that it's. I think the thing I will say about it is that, like, I think that's obviously true that he has that potential. I think that, you know, having that potential and reaching it are obviously very different things. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, LeBron was, you know, probably the the best prospect of uh, any of our lifetimes. Um, and uh, he lived up to it. And that was, you know, for a lot of people kind of shocking because there had been so many, you know, oh, he's the next you know, MJ, he's the next guy. Mm-hmm. He's, and nobody came close to living up to it. And then LeBron did. And not only that, like was such a, uh, you know, absolute alien that he just like was indestructible for 15 years of his career. And like only the last like handful of years, has he actually started to take injuries and slow down a little bit. Um, and he's still great. And yet, we're still a top eight to nine player last year. When he yeah. Played. Yeah. I mean, he's not, it's just like, that. that's like the, 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 
the level that we're talking about. It's like he he's taken a very noticeable dip, and he's still a top ten player in the league without question. Um, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Wemby has that potential. I think he. Um, I think you've got him in your, uh, your capsule as uh, the Gen Z uh, Kareem, which is, you know, very high praise, but I I don't think it's inaccurate. Like he doesn't do, um, he doesn't do the sky hook, but he does like cross, like you said, crossover, like shots from 30 feet. He absolutely could do the sky hook is the thing. And if he did, I don't know how you stop it. Like, I mean, he doesn't need to, because he can shoot, you know, crazy deep threes and it's like all right well but like if you wanted him to play inside and just like have him shoot sky hooks over people um you know uh, he's got to probably strengthen up his base some because he's he is very thin but like yeah he's not he's not a back to the basket guy at all but who cares yeah he doesn't need to be but like his handle is insane like especially considering like how much distance it has to travel from the floor back up to his hand mm-hmm. um and like i don't know he's he just he does think like there's never been anybody like him. I mean, I, I think that's like the, yeah. the one sentence thing. Like he, he's just, it's hard to believe he exists. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, I think he definitely has the best, uh, like has potential to be the best player we've ever seen. Uh, again, yeah. um, there's probably a few guys you could have said that about and uh, only one of them really has lived up to it. Um, MJ, I don't think as a prospect even was thought of that way, but. You know who I would say was thought of that well, definitely would be thought of that way if he played now and is a, a, a third comp for because the Durant stuff you're going to get and he's obviously watched Durant and is taking those shots. Yeah, but uh, another guy who probably would have got those comps if if let's say he came he was in high school now, uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 KG KG's super historically underrated as um, most uh, nerds know. It's like the, all the the winning bias stuff uh, that yeah. he, he only won one championship because he was, you know, unlucky uh, enough to play in the same conference as Shaq and Tim Duncan. Yeah. Well, and, and even Dirk and the fact that he was like drafted to an absolutely dog shit organization that didn't know yeah. what they were doing. Um, yeah. And, you know, was going up against guys who are nearly as good as him. Uh, but, you know, in my opinion, not as good, uh, but were on teams that were, you know, knew what they were doing and put other good players around them. I mean, the year he won MVP, which is 0304, I believe. Yeah. Uh, let me look and see who the second highest warp guy on that team was. <laughs> um, while you're doing that, yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, Garnett. It was, it was still Sam Cassell. Okay. Yeah. Sa- and- Sam was still there. And Sam's fine, but like you know he's the your third, second best player, you're not going you know, that far. You know who the third Vorp guy was on that team? Was it Zerbiak? Fred Hoiberg. Oh boy, Zerbiak yeah, was tra- sixth. Wow. After tr- behind Trenton Hassel and and Latrell Sprewell. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, they just they had no idea what they were doing. Bad shit. Um, they won fifty-seven uh, games. And like also, Garnett was like so ahead of his time uh, as a player that like teams didn't understand that like yes uh oh well, famously like, famously he was listed at 611 for his whole career Kevin Garnett was 7-1 probably yeah he's huge um but yeah they were like oh we we think he should play with his back to the basket it's like no he he is a seven foot guard like let him yeah. do whatever he wants yeah um, and you know conversely he did develop into probably the best turnaround in the league which is still a nice skill to have it was yeah. like him Duncan and Jermaine O'Neal for like the four or five years there I will yeah. always bring up Jermaine O'Neal whenever I can. I love Jermaine. Awesome player. 
he was he was a a very very good player, um, part of some really great Pacers teams that never quite got over the hump to yeah. win the title. Thanks, Ron. Were right there, um, yeah. Really might have if not for the malice. I feel like probably. Uh, I mean, a lot of people think so, and that 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 is like the one thing that really uh, you know that sucks for Reggie Miller's career because Reggie Miller is another one who is like historically underrated because of mm-hmm. winning bias and uh, being ahead of his time, um, like both Garnett and uh, and. Uh, Reggie Miller have that issue. Um, but yeah, Wemby, amazing. Um, but uh, he's um, he's really special, and we'll see. Uh, hopefully he you know stays healthy and doesn't step on anybody's foot like Chet, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, uh, he just has much more force in his body. Like his – I don't know if you saw. There's I, I put it up. The difference between his body just from last July is pretty striking. Like he's put on 15 pounds. Yeah, no, he's he definitely looked uh, like through his shoulders and stuff. He looked yeah. a lot um, uh, thickened up relative yeah. to what he was in, in that picture you sent me of him with uh, um, Edie from from the summer before. Yeah, he, he looks he looks bigger. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to have trouble adding mass in the way that it seems like Chet kind of has a little bit. Although um, I people in the NBA, NBA people always say like you don't want to add. Uh, there's some guys. Well, there's some guys. I think people have ever, want everyone to look like Dwight Howard or Jalen Duran. It's like, yeah, or Giannis. <laughs> a, a, some people's bodies don't take the steroids like that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And and B, like you don't you want the swimmer physique. You want you don't want the the classic. Is is it's not um, I think I, who said this earlier. You don't. It's it's the difference between bodybuilders and wrestlers and and old like eighties professional wrestlers and people who actually fight. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, I know the difference it's in body type. Yeah, it's um, it's functional. It's you know functional strength versus you know, uh, uh, what do they call them? Glory muscles. You know, yeah, uh, glamour muscles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, someone I, who actually it's like someone who added those muscles in the wrong way was Anthony Davis because he he, he still gets the shit beat out of him all the time. I mean, he's still like he's pretty physical. I would say actually, I would say he holds up to the physicality well enough. Like he like in the game, he just his body just gets injured all the time, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I just think he's he, he's one of those guys where he doesn't carry the weight well in terms of yeah. like his body does breaks down pretty easily. Like, I feel like people people do talk about him, talk about him like he's mentally weak, and I feel like he's t- one of the toughest guys in the league because he's hurt all the time and he plays yeah. through it. Well, I think people just think he's malingering. I think that's why people say yeah, he's, yeah. he's mentally weak because they just think that he's like you know he's soft. He's constantly going to the locker room and then coming back and. Uh, you know that that most guys would just play through that, or or not even like it wouldn't register to them to like check out. Um, and I, you know, I don't know whether that's true or not. Like, I'm not inside his body. I don't know. Um, but I think that's what where it comes from. And people just love to call NBA players pussies for some reason. It's like yep. their favorite thing. Um, all right, that's probably uh good for Wemby talk. Um, I will. But- I do. I did almost forget. I did want to mention with his health, people are are. Really, I think confirmation. There's going to be a lot of confirmation bias, just like there was with Chet. If he ever yeah. gets hurt, but like if you look at it historically, most of the seven three plus guys in the NBA have been pretty. Like Kareem was seven three. He played. He was an Iron Man. Yeah, Mark Eaton. Forever. Mark Eaton played eighty games a year for like seven straight years. Bradley played a lot. Rick Smith's played a lot. It's more recently, like Yao got hurt and Porzingis got hurt. But like those guys, Porzingis has a fucked up body, and like Yao was probably already severely injured by the time he was drafted. Like he was, he was playing 
like one of the best things about where Wemby went, the two re- the who reasons him going to Mets to to Bologna to Mets Metropolitan ninety two was so good. One, they play one game a week. Two, he is going to get to just do crazy shit with the ball because they they're not that good. It's yeah. like a lower level team, and they were that was why he went there. They were just like, well, you want to come here and just do, just cool do whatever dribbles. you want. <laughs> um, and yeah, like like Yao was probably playing like an AAU schedule for like ten years. Like he was probably playing like five times a week, like a wrestler schedule. Yeah, well, before he came he, over here, I was gonna say, if anything, the fact that that Wemby's not in like the AAU circuit is probably yeah beneficial for his health. Uh, you know, yes. especially vis a vis somebody like Chet who you know, is an American player and has presumably played that kind of crazy schedule, which I think a lot of the evidence now is that they, those kids simply play too much. And that's why you the, can't be having uh, the ligaments of a 70 year old man by your, by what time you're like 31. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's getting better. I think they have tried to change it in the last couple of years, but yeah, 2010s when the grassroots stuff really got big, like, Guys were playing like four games a day. Yes, yeah, they'd, they'd be doing back to back to back games a day. Like that's, and not like not like the way that you or I might, where like we play back to back games at a run and we just stand in the corner. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're they're playing like hard because <laughs> yeah. they're trying to show out to get noticed by scouts and everything else and recruiters and yeah. Yeah. Um. So well, all right. Let's move on to the to the next. Uh, a couple on your board, and I say couple because they are twins, uh, the Thompson twins. Um, I think you wanted to start with Amon. Uh, yeah. He's on, or I guess they're both on Overtime Elite, right? They're on, so Overtime changed their, I'm actually, I'm happy, because all last year I wanted these guys, they're older, they're, they they are turning 20 in January, like they're a little older. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, all last year I was like, they should be in the, they should have been in this draft age wise, like easily. They're older than Bankero and Ivy, I think. Uh, Chet is, Chet is like a year older than everybody, but like, um, anyway, I was confused all year because overtime couldn't really, I don't think they knew if they were, they were a prep, like a high school prep thing, like a post-grad school or a professional league, because if they were professional league, that's when you're at high school. So at least this year they have expanded their league. There's actually there's three overtime elite teams. They have their own branding. City Reapers is one. What was it? Cold Hearts and I think Young Dreamer. Like just like kind of silly AAU names. Right. Decent jerseys. And then there's three actual high schools in their league, and they're all going to play each other, like Atlanta area high schools. So oh, wow. they have they have committed to being like a high school, an alternative high school league. So, so they're yeah. going to be 20 years old playing against high school kids. <laughs> Yeah, but like they're playing against good high school teams, and but they did just they did just finish their European tour. They played Adelaide, the Thirty Sixers. Mm-hmm. They played uh, Mega Basket, Mega Miss, which is Jokic's old team. Did uh did they beat the the Thirty Sixers? They didn't, but they only lost them by like seven. They held them to eighty one points in a forty eight minute game, which is a lot better than the Suns did. Yeah, yeah, that was what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> no, they played them tough, and the, the the important thing was the Thompsons in that game physically were still beating up like twenty nine, thirty year old men, yeah. which is really well, their thing. Well, I mean the the Adelaide guys they they didn't look out of place physically against the no. the Suns. Which the NBL, like, I think, if anything, the last few years have proved the NBL is a physical league. Like it is, grown men are going to hit you in that league. <laughs> yeah, which I think I mean you know I, I think there was a lot of skepticism um for from some people about uh lamello's ability to handle physicality um you know 
for a while before he was drafted. And I, you know, I think Giddy as well. Yeah. I think that going, uh, playing in that league was, was probably enough evidence <laughs> and surviving yeah. was probably enough evidence that they were going to be fine. Um, but the thing with the Thompsons and I really want to, especially specifically on them like this, I want people to understand after this, the, the wonderful show we got the last few days in Vegas. This is not a two-player draft. This is probably a five- or six-player draft, but this is specifically – Amon Thompson is my favorite prospect of all time. Wow. Like the player, the player who plays the most like I do on like my career, like just aesthetically what I want in a basketball player. Doesn't shoot threes. He sucks at them. <laughs> He's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, point guard, true point guard, like does – some of the most violent and like he throws like Lamar Jackson style passes, like just like kind of smoke coming off of him. He has incredible, just like a manipulator. He gets inside the paint and just hits all these crazy hezzies and just holds people in place. And then like will fire a wraparound skip pass to the corner to a guy who's, you can't even see. Like it's, it's Sharif Cooper stuff, but he's six, seven. And wow. he and his brother are both, truly fantastic defensive players. Like, like if they get, they, they do the thing that real good defenders do where they don't slap the floor. They don't clap. They don't yell. They just like lean forward in a stance, Jordan style Mm -hmm. and like lock people the fuck up. Like you can, if if they are heating you up and getting their hands in there, you cannot dribble. And they were doing this to grown adult men. They were doing it in in TBT. They were playing a team that was all Creighton guys and they ended up losing in the elim ending by like one point. I think it was Uh 80-79 was the final. And it was against guys, again, like guys in their late 20s who all played college basketball and some of them played like in the pros. And they were beating the shit out of these guys. Like just physically dominant. Amen does, he's the exact kind of player who will break their defense down, get into the paint, go up for a dunk, and then switch hands and turn it into a finger roll, which is the coolest thing you can do as a basketball player to me. (laughs) Um, They just have a lot. I, I don't know who... I mean, Shea, there's a lot of Shea finishes, goofy foot finishes, like cross cross uh, lane reversals. Amen against the 36ers had a uh, – did that classic snake to, snake to screen, kept a guy on his hip, and then just from like from that Chris Paul position, leaning forward with the ball in his right hand, putting his left hand back, just exploded into a Euro that halfway through the Euro with the second step, he went backwards and shot a floater. And it was Whoa. like <laughs> – and, and made it. And it was like, that's not – this guy moves like they both do it, but they move like they have hoverboard. Like it's the most casually dominant athleticism. It's like Gerald Green of like that guy shouldn't you shouldn't be able to run like that. Yeah. Athleticism. Like more than one person has said, and maybe Wemby kind of throws this out of whack because he's such a freak, but like as far as just like pure athletic ability, Amen Thompson is the best basketball athlete to come since it was Mike Gribanov and PD Webb both said that, and they are both more experts than I am, and I agree with them. Since 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 who? I since that we, that any of us have have done had like evaluated. Oh. Oh, so the the since trailing off was just like <laughs> that we've ever seen it while doing. I mean, it. I guess not LeBron because LeBron is is two or three inches taller and probably sixty pounds heavier. But like that's you know that's LeBron comes, is that's is the greatest. About. <laughs> LeBron is the greatest athlete that has ever lived. Like yeah, I don't think there's really much debate about that. Like if LeBron was wanted to be a, he would be at a, a track and field superstar. He would. He could play any, literally any sport on earth and probably be good at it. Yeah, I think so. LeBron would probably be an awesome tennis player. The ground God. coverage would be crazy. 
that and just like imagining him like if he got, got his serve down like the, the velocity he would put on yeah. that would be insane um but but other than that like and amen is just super that's the thing too with the, these top four guys all four of them they're all pretty elite human athletes like for their especially for their archetypes because scoot is kind of a jitterbug guard like a, a craft guard who's also super explosive Wemby is you know i mean i think people have seen He's right a- now He's an alien. <laughs> and then Amen and Asar are both like super athletes. I mean, they're going to be like, they could both be 40 inch standing vert guys, which has happened like four, like four times ever. Uh, hilariously, uh, um, Nick Young did it. <laughs> really? I'm sorry, 38, 38 inch standing vert. That's, that's, the, that's the line. Nick Young has the record for standing vert. You know what the problem with that is? Do you know what his max vert was? His running vert? It was the same. Also 38 inches. <laughs> So he got, no- like, he got nothing from running. <laughs> yeah, which is a perfect Nick Young thing. But like, yeah, it's like those guys, Keon Johnson, like Okoro had a crazy one. This guy uh, who I won't really talk about today because he's he's 23, but uh, this guy K.O. Akabundu Akiyogu from Memphis is a freak, that freak athlete. A, that is he's just, a name. He's just 23 years old. He didn't he didn't start playing basketball until he was 15, came over from Nigeria, uh, broke his leg and missed like two years, played at like a Juco place. Has like no, in basketball terms, is like a, a, a basically the equivalent of like a fifth grader in he's, the U.S. Uh, yeah, he's uh, what's the um the the Clyde Frazier word that he loves to use? A neophyte. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's Ko is also like a, one of the greatest athletes on the planet, like physically. So he may get drafted. He did, he did a lot of workouts this year, and I think teams are just like, hey, we want to see you play. He's playing at Memphis now instead of you, uh, Texas Arlington. Like they're just like, we want to see you play in a real conference and do some of this stuff. But he is, I guess I am talking about him. It's not even close to my top 10, but top 50. Um, he is the only, There's there are two college basketball players on record with career marks of 13 block, block percentage and more than 50 dunks. And it's him and Anthony Davis. Wow. <laughs> so like, yeah, guy's awesome. He's like a 75% foul shooter. He's just, he's 20. He'll be 23 after, when next season starts. So it's like, well, you're. It's a Rodman situation where it's like, is this guy good enough athlete to overcome all these insane disadvantages he's had? Like both his parents died. Said he was working at Home Depot and uh, actually Mike Schmitz, he sent he was sending Instagram footage to Mike Schmitz and Mike Schmitz talked to people he knew at a college at that college and were like, hey, we'll bring you in for a workout. And they brought this guy in from a workout. And he did a windmill from the foul line. Like, hey, do you want a scholarship to our team? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that's pretty that's pretty insane. I that that is like almost to a T the the Rodman story. Yeah, because yeah. wasn't he working at like a grocery store or something? Yeah. when he was like found like playing yeah. like, and then he got but, like a junior college scholarship, and then he didn't make it to the league until he was like twenty five or something. I'm gonna go ahead and put it out now. If that guy doesn't get drafted and the Bulls don't sign him to an undrafted free agent, I will quit. <laughs> if they don't at least try, like sometimes you just don't get there quick enough. Yeah. Someone yeah. else does, but yeah, I mean they're yeah, God, I mean they 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 did well with their undrafted free agency uh, mm-hmm. this year, and then Justin Lewis unfortunately tore his ACL. Yeah, hopefully he'll be back because uh, God wants to take it out on me personally. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, you know, that's right. Justin Lewis start of his career tore his ACL, horrible thing for him. But really, what's important is how it affects me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like they actually have the last few years. Dot was a good gamble. I mean, he just can't shoot, but like, yeah. I still like Dotson. Like, he he was a good undrafted guy to bring in. He's the exact kind of guy you want. Like, this yeah, he was worth talent. a shot. He was like at the top of all the like all the lists of uh, you know, un- yeah. 
top yeah. undrafted free agents available at, as soon as the draft was over. But anyways, anyways, going back, I, I guess I did mention KO. I've been mentioning him a lot because people don't know who he is, and he's just a crazy athlete. Um, but the Thompsons, anyways, <laughs> they're like that level, like freak athlete. But also um, good at basketball. <laughs> yeah. Also experienced, like they've been playing for a while. Um, yeah. They're really interesting because a lot of the times when you have two brothers playing together through high school, mm-hmm. and they, they do have complementary skills, but it's always like one's good and one sucks. Or yeah. one, one is the good one. And like, I guess Amen is, he's the more, the possibility space with him is crazy because it's like, he, I just don't know what he is. Like, really, he's like a crazy player. Asar is awesome. Asar would have been really for me if he like for some reason only he had come out. I really would have considered him number one. He's like same size. He's more of like a, a next Jordan type, I guess if that makes sense. Like yeah, you remember, like not early actually. 2000s, yeah, yeah. When everybody was getting called next Jordan, like Harold Miner and but like, like yeah, Vince Stackhouse, like Jer- Jason Richardson, like that kind of like this yeah. guy is a two three. This guy is a scorer. Like, yeah. he's here to he's a- here to, a- he's wired for scoring. A classic two guard, the kind yeah. that doesn't really exist that much in the league outside yeah. of like Zach Levine and uh, I don't know, maybe one or two other guys. But yeah, Asar is the the more competent shooter at this point. Like has just better balance and is more of a spot up guy. Um, awesome defender, like super great hands as a defender, and just like a super athlete. And is like a pretty good passer for what he like. He, they're both really awesome. I. They're really hard to describe. You really have to see clips of them because they, they defy belief a lot. But I love both of them. I think Asar is going to be the guy who might, you know, maybe Amen does, but they're going to go, like, the thing is with them, they're going to be, right now, some people have like 8, 9, 10, because this is a great, it's pretty good high school class too. It's it's not bad. And, like, those guys are going to go to workouts and teams are going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Because the thing about all four of these main guys, I meant to say it earlier, they're all freak athletes, but also like Wemby, I've heard stories is like a LeBron level, like retention guy. Yeah. And I know Amen is because I've seen interviews of him talking about like, he'll bring up, they'll, they'll mention a game that they played in OVT and he'll be like, oh yeah, that one in the third quarter, they switched the sides on me in my pick and roll. Like he'll just bring up out of his brain, just like specific plays that the teams are calling against him. Yeah. And he all four the of these exact, guys, he knows the exact coverage and like where everybody was on the floor, like yeah. very LeBron shit. And like, yeah, like they're the Jokic shit, the Doncic shit. Like these guys just understand basketball and can. I'm not even. I, it's it's a little uh, ableist or maybe even a little racist to say like intelligence. I hate using IQ for ba- basketball IQ. Yeah, because some guys are very smart and just aren't very good at basketball or understand what they're doing, and some guys are dumb as shit but are like, yeah, understand I, basketball. Uh, I think of it, the the word I usually use for it is like during the game, it's like sort of uh, um, processing speed. Processing, um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and mental uh, acuity. Yeah, because um, it's like it's not it's not like it's a form of intelligence, I guess, uh, yeah. because it's like all intelligence is essentially just down to pattern recognition, um, and like all of that stuff is learnable. It's just like, but like some people are just naturally faster at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and pair that with like exceptional um, athleticism and whatnot. I'll and say it, this: Amen to an extent, like anything. Uh, um, Amen Thompson is the, maybe the only basketball player I've ever seen who might be able to defeat me at who he played for. Because they were doing <laughs> there was an OT thing where they were like he was getting Joe Wieskamp in like one second, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I didn't recognize Joe Wieskamp that quickly. 
Um, but yeah, those so, guys are crazy. So he's Scoot, a nerd. So he's a, they're, they're basketball nerds. Yeah. Scoot is like a, is just composure wise and just it, Scoot is also just like a, a retention freak. All four of those guys, those are the top four. Like they're going to get in workouts and those four are going to just, well, well Wemby is not going to be, I mean, no, he's going to go on and, uh, yeah. Won't have the teams will bring him in to meet him. You know, yeah. or more accurately, they'll meet him at the combine. He'll be there and they'll talk to him, but yeah. And they'll be like, uh, if we have the number one pick, we will, we'll, we're going to take you. <laughs> I actually, I actually feel like he might do the one workout, whatever team wins. He yeah. might do a workout so they can post it and yeah. fans could freak out. But yeah, he's going one. Yeah. At this um, point, he has to lose a limb to not go one. <laughs> well, knock on wood, that does not ha- happen to him. Uh, that would be horrible. Um, but uh, let, let's uh, let's uh, let's do uh, number five on your board because I know you love him. Um, and uh, I guess, uh, but, but we can only... get out of here on that because we've <laughs> we've only. Like, well, we've... I, I can I can talk about the next guys just for like a minute or so each guy after that. That's fine. Okay. Because this is a really strong class. This is. But like, I want to. I want to let you cook on on uh, number five because I he's. I've heard you talk about him a bunch and uh, I he love sounds him. cool. Cam Whitmore, who rules. Um, he's like six seven, two thirty five. Kind of a short wingspan. Like he's not. Like frame wise, he just kind of looks like I don't know, like a combo three four guy. But he um, thankfully has, I would say fifty to sixty percent of that Zion gene where he just jumps like a freak athlete and he has the most aggressive like he's the most like one of the most aggressive basketball players he's like Tari Eason level I'm going to dunk on you player and <laughs> yeah. most of the time he does he has some of the most savage dunks I've ever seen a high schooler have he's got really great touch he's really developed he has that layup gene whatever that is that ability to just hit layups um he's become a shooter like he could he's starting to work that into his game and so, like, if he starts shooting, like, self-created threes, this is the strongest five. Like, the strongest fifth pick you could possibly imagine. He's crazy. He's going to Villanova, and he actually is staying there even though Jay Wright retired, which is really interesting, which tells me that they told him, we're going to build this offense around you, and you're going to get to do all this cool shit with the ball. But he had the best summer of any American prospect. Yeah, he um he played for Team USA and uh in the FIBA well, right? Americas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had like forty one points for thirty six. <laughs> he destroyed, but he also he kicked ass at the McDonald's game. He was the best player at the Hoop Summit by a huge margin. Like he was just awesome the whole summer. Just a physical like a guy who's just really kind of a late riser, just an absolute physical freak. Like dominates people. I love Cam. He's maybe my second favorite player in this class. And I have a lot of favorite players in this class, just like aesthetically. Yeah. You ha- So is he, I mean, is he two behind Amon? Cause you said Amon is like your favorite ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Cam, I actually think the guy he kind of comps to is like Kenyon Martin, like Cincinnati Kenyon Martin, where he's just like, you were going to die if you, if you step up to this guy or like, um, honestly, like physically it's like a Jason Maxiel thing. You ever see college Jason Maxiel where he killed people? Yeah, people would just get stomped out. Yeah, he was a beast. Um, Maxiel was like one of those weird guys because he was like such a monster in college, um, and like he was a, he was an impact metrics monster too. Uh, he got hurt so much so quickly, yeah. But his body, yeah, just kind of broke down, and then he like, um, you know, he gained some weight, and then it, it didn't. Uh, it, I think it kind of sapped a little bit of that like explosive monster thing that he had. Yeah, yeah. He he's a Tyrus guy for me. Where like I wish you could give him a clean bill of health for nine years and see what happens. 
Just yeah. Like, I, I would like to see it. Um, yeah. Oh, real quick, <laughs> I'll move. Uh, number six, Derek Whitehead is also, he was the other best high school player in this class. He was on the Montverde team that went undefeated that had, uh, that was led by Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, uh, Daron Sharp, Caleb Houston, and uh, Moses Moody. That's not fair. You shouldn't have be able to have all those people on one team in high school. Yeah, they <laughs> they killed everybody. They were un, untouchable. They probably could have beaten some low-level college teams. Like, they were really good. Derek was a freshman on that team and didn't play that much, but he was super, like, athletic. Not, just, like, really smooth athlete. Like, a 6'6 guy who just moves really fluidly, like Rip Hamilton style. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of compared him to Jamal Mashburn because he just has that, that two-dribble pull-up game for a 6'6 guy. It's tough. Yeah. Really tough to stop. He can really shoot. Smart guy. He broke his foot, but they said it. It, it was, it was broke. Like we hear broke you, you again. What's happened with Chet? You, you hear someone broke their foot. You think they snapped their foot bone? There's no yeah. such thing. He just had a fracture in his foot, like in the yeah, top of his foot. A million so, little bones in your feet, and he broke one of them. He was out six to eight weeks, and that was three or four weeks ago. So he may not even. He may only miss a, like a couple weeks at the start of the season. And he's going to Duke. He's going to be their main guy this year. Um, really just craft, like really just competent dribbler. I feel like he's the perfect guy to go to Detroit or Indiana or somewhere that doesn't need a creator, just needs like who's the second or third guy, attack closeouts, shoot pull-ups. He's really smooth looking, really, really good player. Um, I have Nick Smith next, which is crazy because Nick Smith is awesome. Nick Smith's going to Arkansas. He's real thin. Not an explosive athlete, but he's like 6'4", 6'5", and shoots 35-footers and is uh, just like a really super like super floater guy, super craft guy, really awesome. Like, I don't know if he's a guy who like diagnoses plays and like creates. I don't know if he's – it's like the Steve Nash thing. Like Steve Nash wasn't always like, – wasn't always it was more just reacting and just mm-hmm. being like, oh, I, but he just has really great snap passes, really awesome passer. Just a really fun basketball player. He's going to have some crazy games in the SEC. Um, I mean, it's a little like Maxi. Like, Maxi's kind of wild. Has that, yeah. like, uncontrollable. Or like um, Jordan Poole. Yeah. That kind of, like, just kind of crazy scorer guy. Jamal Crawford. Say, Jamal Crawford he, is a guy cop to do. Also. I was going to say, he, sound, he sounds a lot like in the in the mold of, like, a Maxi or a Bones. Yeah. Um, Jamal Crawford is a, good, is a good comp. Yep. That makes sense. Is he... As bad at defense as Jamal Crawford was? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Probably not. But, like, yeah, he's he's got a long arms. He's just a really uh, – one of those guys, just, I don't know, super cold-blooded. Like, that's, yeah. like, just a winning those guys, player. Those guys are fun. Yeah. I really like Nick Smith a lot. He's he's fun. Eight, I have Jairus Walker, who is a, a, a dump truck man <laughs> who's here to kill. Jairus is really fascinating because three years ago he was, like, a 6'8", 240, and he was a center everywhere. And it was, like – He's a really good. He's the kind of guy who, when they when everyone's fourteen and he's like six seven, you're like, wow, this guy's an elite prospect. And then three years later, he's the same guy, and you're like, oh, oh he's fine. But yeah. some something happened in the last year and a half where his IMG needed him to to have the ball, and he turned into like a, a actual advantage creator, like ball handler. Mm-hmm. So he's like a super super huge strong physical guy who also like can shoot pull-ups and, and like run offense a little bit. He's going to Houston, which is the greatest fit imaginable. He's going to suplex people. He's going to put people to torture rack and like throw <laughs> out of bounds. And then he's going to run down court and shoot a floater. He's all, he kicks ass. He's not, I mean, he, 
again, I bring Tari up again. He's like if Tari played under control, like he's crazy. I, I really yeah. love Jairus is awesome. Um, he's going to be really fun. And then real quick, Cason Wallace uh, going to Kentucky, who's super long, super great like guard defender, kind of a combo guard, but just like really cool guy, can heat it up and score a little bit. He's like a, a Jeremy Drew type guy. Khalil Ware, good Oregon, is a seven-footer. Uh, he's a classic, like, uh, goofy, tall guy, but who can just dunk everything and just, like, nice vibes guy. And then yeah, I'll, I'll, I see you have him compared to JaVale, which is yeah. – that's perfect. <laughs> uh, Keontae George, who I know a lot – is like the – like the, the mixtape people, that's their favorite guy this year because he, he can hoop. But he is, like – He's like a, a higher level got version of like Cam Thomas or Jaden Hardy. We're like, that's what he does, but he's really fucking good at it. He's big. He's strong. Uh, honestly, pretty good defense for like a guy with a short wingspan who's like a ball dominant guy. He's just like a big dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not my, again, that's not my type of, of prospect, but he's the best of that type in a while. Like yeah. really, really good. Just a, a scorer, just a polished, ready to play scorer. He'll be a uh, ball don't stop's favorite guy in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's very, I mean, Nick Smith might be that, that guy because Nick is crazy. But yeah, Keontae is just really, he's a guy who will succeed in the league for a long time because he's just a very ready-made scorer. He, he could probably put 15 or 16 up this year in the NBA because he's big. Yeah. Um, he's going to Baylor? Yes. Which they kind of need. They need more creation. He's going to be, yeah, really good, just really good player. Um, my, uh, my third favorite player in this draft, J.J. Starling, behind him who is super underrated, basically the exact same player <laughs> as, <laughs> as Kate George, like just a hooper. Like this guy is a shooter, crazy shooter off ball, crazy shooter on ball, six, four long arms, just has all the scoring skills you want for a two, even like a two, three. Like, yeah, I, I love JJ Starling. He's going to Notre Dame. He's better than Blake Wesley. And I love Blake Wesley. Yes, you were a big Blake Wesley guy, notably so. Same kind of player, but what if he was 20 pounds heavier? Like <laughs> 20 pounds heavier and better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, just smoother, really, really fluid. Uh, we got Johan Traore from Auburn who can shoot like a motherfucker. Big, like big, bulky dude who's just really smooth, fluid, 6'10 guy. Can shoot, pick and pops, like really pretty good defender. I think he's like a ready to step in and do like a – kind of a budget Jaron Jackson thing where he just does two things, but he's pretty good at both of them. Yeah. Seven fan of him. Pretty good. Yeah. And then uh, the last, the last ladder guy for me, Nikola Jurisic, who actually just played against the Thompsons for mega and had 28. Um, wow. Despite how crazy you said that they are. Uh, yeah. To be fair, he, he was playing, he was playing up away from them a lot. He was playing four a lot, Yeah, but yeah, this guy's just like a, um, I mean, it's, a, he's like a classic European good wing. He's just six, eight shoots. Yeah, uh, yeah. I see you have him comped to to Cam Johnson, which is. I'm not uh, doing the white. I'm not doing the Hazonia comp. Well, he's not that kind of player. Anymore. Hazonia is a crazy person. Jurisic is very more methodical. Sounds yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're comparing him to Cam, then he's he's not a, a, a an out of control player. The only uh, real weakness with this class is that the returning guys aren't. I mean, I don't know, but last year I would have had Ivy, Keegan Murray, uh, maybe Johnny Davis. All top 20. I would have had, um, oh, fuck. What's his name? Like, Halliburton was, like, a top 10 guy for me before. Like, there's not, like, a superstar-looking returning guy. To Cravian Smith yeah. is probably the number one guy. He's very small. He can yeah. shoot. 
Yeah, he's very. He's. Just, he, I loved. I loved Terquavion uh, this year uh, when I was just like looking at guys. I was doing my numbers sifting and then yeah. YouTube scouting, which is about the extent of it that I get. But I was just like, man, this guy can score from all over. He's. Uh, you know, efficient pretty much everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. why is he not? Why is he not? And he played in a real conference. Like, why is he not getting drafted? And then I went and watched videos of him, and I was like, "Wow, he's awesome." Uh, why is he not getting? Oh wait, he's like 180 pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's tiny, tiny little guy. Arthur Kaluma is pretty cool too. He had a great game against Kansas in the tournament. He went nuts, and is like a classic. Just give him a couple of years to figure out how to like dribble. <laughs> yeah, he can shoot a little bit. He has like a nice pull up game. He's like a big, strong guy, six seven. Um, a great comparison for a great way to, to gauge this class. Greg Jackson, GG Jackson, is the number one was the number one guy in twenty twenty three. He reclassified up to this draft, and I have him at twenty. Wow! <laughs> and I think he's a little overrated because he's just kind of um, classic like high school big who just like he can shoot a little bit, but like just runs and jumps over people, and it's like that that works less and less the longer yeah. you go. Yeah, the further up you go, the talent scale and the size. Uh, of your opponents that you can't just do that. Yeah. And I will mention real quick, cause I know I'll get, I'll get somebody talking about him. I do think like Derek lively is good. He's just getting the Wiseman thing where every couple years, the ESPN people are like, this guy is the next David Robinson. They say that at every single seven footer. Like, no, he's not. <laughs> but Derek lively still like can shoot seven, one can shoot. Pick and pops is like a big offensive rebound. Put back guy. He's just not like a scorer at all. And he's okay at defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not like crazy about him, but he's definitely an NBA player. Like worst case, like did you see much of Jalen Smith with the Pacers? Uh, not a ton. But um, he was good. Like yeah, like if you have a guard who can just find open guys, like this guy will shoot pick and pops and he will dunk a lot. And like yeah, that's... I was gonna say, uh, it seems like the, the problem for a guy like that is like being a rim running. Uh, center who can shoot a little bit mm-hmm. and is just big and you know uh, kind of in the way on defense and in like obviously in a positive way but there's like a million of those guys now um, yeah so, frank kaminsky can't even get on the floor anymore yeah like the nba is just lousy with like seven footers that can can walk and chew gum so you gotta yeah. like do more than that the, the reason i brought up the wiseman thing is like this. This is the guy you get like Instagram clips of. Is like elite athlete, and you see him like running down the court, getting the ball at the three point line, and having to dribble twice before dunking. And it's like that's not. If you're yeah. seven foot, you should just do it. You, like it just doesn't have the fluidity. He doesn't have like the quickness in like his calves, like to get up off the ground really quick. Mm-hmm. So those guys become they're unstoppable athletes in high school and in college they're very good athletes. In the NBA, they're just like Mo Bamba. Yeah, <laughs> like, and Obama's pretty good. Like, I would, I would have liked, I would rather have him than Drummond. Like, oh yeah, Obama is solid. Obama is nobody's like this superstar prospect. Obama, like, he's fine. He's pretty good. He's worth. Yeah. He's in the NBA. He's gonna be in the NBA for like another decade. Have a good career. Yeah, Obama is be... the best comparison for Lively. Actually, is he that much of a shooter? Or I think he, I think he probably will be. Yeah, I was gonna say, I guess Mo probably wasn't that level of shooter. Although, when he... Yeah, we we aren't going to see it at Duke. Well, we'll see more of it at Duke than we would have last year because Shire uh, knows uh, it's coaching off coaches offense like it's like he knows it's the twenty first century. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was the one of my favorite games last year. Was the the one the game that uh, I think he just was sick or something. He missed a game they played. I think they played Wake Forest, and uh, in the first two minutes of the game they ran AJ Griffin off of like seven screens, and he had like four open shots. I was like, "Oh, that's crazy! You could do that with this guy who can shoot." 
yeah, it's like the, the coach K was watching somewhere and was like, "You're allowed to do that." He's not just standing in a corner. Actually, he was probably watching somewhere and getting angry that, yeah. that they were doing that. Why are you doing that? He's not supposed to run off screens. He's supposed to just stand in the corner. That's his role. Um, uh, well, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he gets to to shoot it uh, more than like you said than than uh, uh, K would have let him. Or Carl Towns got to. He's not that kind of like. No, I mean that was so. That was like the weirdest thing. Cause Towns is such a great shooter, and uh, um, Cal was like, "No, don't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> just I guess, play on the block." Real quick, I could just go through my the rest of my second tier. Sure. Just names: James Naji from Barcelona, big, huge, strong guy. Doesn't no skill, but like six ten, good athlete. Adam Bona, uh, UCLA, uh, Turkish guy, actually emig- Nigerian who emigrated to Turkey and changed his name. Probably older than he's listed, but he's a like a monster like like straight line uh, i say stewart style just like that's a big motherfucker to run and jump <laughs> yeah. um i said Traore. let's see we got jordan walsh from arkansas just kind of a, a tall wing long arms grady dick kansas uh white guy shooter but like a good like a just like a nice he will be like a the fifth starter guy leonard miller at the g league who kicks ass <laughs> i can't go into leonard in one sentence weird jonathan bender like, look at this weird freak uh, Dylan Mitchell, Texas, six uh, eight, run jump, Greg Brown type dunk guy. Terrence Arsenault at Houston is, is like a hooper, it's like a scorer, scoring wing. Uh, Juan Nunez, who was at Real, now he's at uh, Killian Hayes' old team. Oh, I wish it was the year nineteen ninety five because he would basically be like Scott Skiles, like this awesome passer, awesome ball handler, cannot shoot, does not try to score, <laughs> but just like cool, he's cool as shit. Uh, Anthony Black from Arkansas, six seven. Dyson Daniels, Lonzo type, like not a scorer, just a connector, hmm. just like cool, not a good athlete, but like a good, very good disciplined defender. Uh, Ryan Repair from it's kind of the same guy from New Zealand, and then I had one more guy, Alex Fudge. But do I do love Alex? I just want to see Alex Fudge get to shoot the basketball ever, ever. That'd be nice. <laughs> oh, Maxwell Lewis, Pepperdine uh, sophomore, uh, Devin Vassell. <laughs> Like a crazy, like a four block and four steal guy who shot like thirty six or seven three. If you can get Devin Vassell in like the second, like the second yeah. tier, or like towards the end of the first round or something in in a like, draft, that's pretty that, crazy. Pepperdine, I've been mentioning this. Pepperdine is a weird team because they had three freshmen who all could maybe be NBA players, and they were like seven and twenty five because <laughs> they had three freshmen. Oh, okay, uh, I was going to say, is their Mitchell. coach terrible or what? Well, yeah, the coach is Lorenzo Romar. Ah, also not okay. a good coach, but Mike Mitchell's their guard. He's like kind of a small guard, uh, but like yeah, Max Max Lewis, again like three point five block and steal percentage guy who shot thirty six percent from three at six seven. That's a that's an NBA prospect. Like it doesn't yeah, yeah. pretty good. And then they don't have to Houston, complicate it. Yeah, Houston Millette is the other guy, uh, uh, six five, super thin, had like took like fifteen threes per hundred possession and was like thirty seven percent. So that's an NBA prospect. Like those guys yeah. will get looks. Yeah, if you can shoot at on volume at that level, uh, you're gonna and you're like NBA size, you're probably gonna yeah. get a look. Yeah, I mean, worst case, you're like Landry Shamit, and Landry yeah. Shamit's in the NBA, and so. has made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but yeah. Uh, there's there's a few other there's uh, there's always more guys, but that's like the main group. Unless I start getting into like, oh, I know people like Brandon Miller from our Alabama, classic, a highlight guy, six eight. Kind of can handle the ball, kind of can shoot, kind of can play defense, but it's just like kind of goofy. 
mm-hmm. like not really a good athlete. But apparently at the Arkansas stuff, or Alabama, like the summer stuff, he was really good. And he might just be like a crazy workout guy. He can get better at that stuff and become like a good player. But for now, I think he's like fine. Like I would draft him this year, but I wouldn't be like, this is our guy. Yeah. Classic, classic guy like Perry Jones, maybe. Like if you watch a Perry Jones mixtape, you'd be like, holy shit. They're gonna. <laughs> I remember joking. I said like they're gonna cancel basketball because of this guy, and then like he kind of stunk. Yeah, maybe like a Josh Jackson too, like that kind I, of player. I remember the Perry Jones hype; it was real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe like a Josh Jackson type of like this guy is very talented and deserves a shot, but is like not maybe not good at basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's there's always a few of those guys that and then, they, they get a, they deserve a shot but they a lot of the time they don't pan out. My last guy I want to mention because I have to, my my good friend Pete Nance. <laughs> there you go. He's going to uh going to North Carolina this year after four years of being in the wilderness at Northwestern, and just by sheer force of necessity, turning from like a super thin guy who just dunked to to Larry Nance to his brother to Larry yeah. Nance Jr. <laughs> Difference I, is he is six eleven. Yeah, he's big. He's huge. Um, and I was going to say, I know you wanted him to, like, you were hoping he would be, like, an undrafted free agent guy that the Bulls yes, could have gotten. Yes. And then, uh, and then he just didn't enter the, the draft and went to UNC instead. Yep. But it's okay. They need, they need a replacement for um, Brady Mannix, so they got a better player. Because Pete was, I mean, I think he was one of the few guys in college history who was a 70% at the rim, 35% three, 15 assists, uh, like five block percentage to steal, like just everything did everything. Yeah. That's, it's so weird to me with like between his dad and his brother, like that kind of NBA pedigree plus how productive he is. Like uh, how was he not like promised, you know, that yeah, it's, it's very strange. I don't get it. It still happens, I guess. Like it happened with Matherin a year ago. It, ha- it happens. You got to wonder if there's like, and I like deals under the table for some of these guys. I don't know, but I love yeah. Pete. Pete is very cool. I mean, he's Larry Nance's brother. He's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the thing. Larry's awesome. And we could have gotten Larry and Larry just got paid. Good for him. Cause he's good at basketball. Yeah. Should have gotten him in the, in the Lowry trade yeah. instead of DJJ. I love DJJ too, but yeah. But I mean, DJJ just resigned for $3 million and Larry yeah. Nance just got a bag. And there's a reason for that. So. I am hoping that, that DJ is able to get some of those backup center minutes in certain matchups. Cause he was really good. Yeah, and I mean, if just less minutes that Drummond has to play to circle yeah. to come back to full circle from what we started on. <laughs> I guess the, the one positive I will say with Drummond is there will be games where he has it, and there'll be games that so ho- hopefully those games are the same games where Vooch doesn't. Yeah, because the thing that really killed the Bulls last year wasn't so much that Vooch. It wasn't even like Vooch was bad or anything. It was that you know sometimes, especially when you're like a second level guy, you just don't have it on night. The mm-hmm. problem was. They had to play him 35 minutes those nights. Yeah, because Billy didn't trust uh, Bradley at all. And, uh, you know, for good reason offensively. But yeah. um, uh, also they just didn't have flexibility in their system to yeah. have, a, have a center to, that uh, is not a guy that can be a, you know, a, a passing hub. Yep. Yep. Um, and like, and the, they won't even play Simonovich. So like, what the, what's the point? Uh, yeah, why does he? Why did he get a three-year deal? I was it literally just a favor for Jokic, Jokic's agent. I was like, is that what we're dealing with? Because like he didn't even play in preseason. Yeah, he's not even playing in preseason. What is the point? 
And it, the funny thing was, he looked better at Summer League. Like, he was a, a better player than he was last year at Summer League. Yeah, I just, I mean, you've coined this term. Like, he's just, he might just be, like, the the triple a or four a yeah four a four a guy where because like he dominates whenever he's down in the g league and then he comes up to the to the the big team and he, he sucks and or and or can't get on the floor so either billy like doesn't know what he's doing or uh he's just not doesn't yeah that's the just, old adage like metric wise it's just some things you can get confused by with metrics because you look at like epm or whatever and you go to who's the worst player and like it's like pokashevsky a couple years ago and he was dog shit but yeah. it's like the worst players in the NBA are the guys who don't play. Yeah, exactly. It's like Wiggins, like Andrew Wiggins was never the worst player in the NBA. He just played a lot of minutes and was, wasn't very good, but yeah. he was still like, you know, good enough to play minutes. Yeah. He was good enough that his coaches were, were playing him a ton of minutes. And that's what, I mean, honestly, that's why a lot of the best metrics include minutes per game as yeah. a, yeah. as a uh, part of the metric because coaches, uh, turns out they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think that's probably good to, to leave it. Um, it's been a pretty long one, but yeah. um, good to chat. And we'll be doing more of these more frequently, I think, now that the season's ramping up. Um, but yeah, Brian wanted to get on and uh, get the, the names down for folks to watch uh, as um, college basketball and just basketball season and more broadly, uh, you know, globally. Yeah, uh, college is college. still about five weeks away. Yeah, but there's you know there was the Scoot and Wimby thing. There's international basketball. There's there's lots of stuff to cover. Oh, um, I didn't mention Jet Howard. I love Jet Howard, Juwan's <laughs> son. Could you? Where where's he playing at? Michigan. Oh, he's playing for his dad. Yep, he's very good. He's the guy who's playing. Um, there's that somebody's making that movie about LeBron and Carmelo playing in high school. He's the guy who's playing Carmelo. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Mookie Cook is playing LeBron. He actually kind of looks like him. He's going to Oregon next year. He's fine. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, they had yeah that uh, Jed is playing Carmelo, which is fun. That, that is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, cool. I like him; I'll, he's good. I'll be on the lookout for the, the LeBron mellow thing. Um, I, I may watch it. <laughs> we'll see. Um, all right, uh, good talking with you, Brian. Yep. And like I said, we'll we'll do another one of these soon. Uh, bye, everybody.